0: And now, the Husker Athletic Director Show with Bill Moose, presented by the Woodhouse Auto Family. Woodhouse Auto Family. Shop Woodhouse first. 18 brands, 18 locations, one team to help you get on the road faster. Woodhouse Auto Family, the official auto dealer of Nebraska athletics. And now, here's your host, Greg Sharp.
1: Thank you and welcome to our monthly sit-down with the athletic director for the University of Nebraska, Bill Moose. If you want to be a part of the program over the next 60 minutes, here the numbers, 531-546-86. That's our Sports Nightly hotline brought to you by the Woodhouse Auto Family bringing you more choices in brands, locations and service. Experience the difference purchase with confidence. This is Woodhouse. We also that same number of 531-546-86 doubles up as our text line if that works out better for you. Uh we'll certainly pass those notes along to Bill. Well, good evening, sir. How are you? You've uh, you've you've had a pretty interesting month. Some really good things going on in the department over the last 30 days.
2: Oh, and we uh we love good things and good things are happening and uh we got a list of them i i i trust we're going to talk about all of it but i really feel that the um the lead story is husker bowling that won a national championship as you well know greg and um in grand style they uh they had to come come from behind uh lost to a 15th seed as I, as I uh, understand it from Paul Klumpa and and uh found a way to come through in the end and uh uh get Nebraska overall 29th national championship mm. fantastic i understand you had a little lunch with that group last week is that correct i had a lunch with them the <laughs> chancellor uh, uh had a beautiful lunch over at the alumni center uh and um then just last night, uh, President Carter did one in his home, and uh, I got to say, <clears throat> and it doesn't surprise me because all of our student athletes uh, uh, are, are pretty much just like I'm going to describe. But our bowl, our bowlers, uh, these young women, uh, very classy, tremendous chemistry, uh, wonderful to carry on a conversation and you can see that they they have the right stuff to be national champions and and they are again and uh really proud of paul and and Shannon and and all of our young student-athletes, they, uh, they brought some hardware back and, and were tickled about that.
1: But that is fantastic. Got a chance to watch the television broadcast of the championship, and they were just dominant against Arkansas State, and that is, that is fantastic. Well, let's start with some news that just came out a few hours ago. You're going to have a groundbreaking ceremony on Friday over at the East Stadium Plaza to to uh, put a to, to put a bow on the go big project for the new football facility. This is really exciting. I know uh, it was the timing of all this was so odd because you get off to a great start fundraising, then we have a worldwide pandemic that I'm sure had to be challenging to kind of fight your way through. But you're now at the point where you're ready to put a shovel in the ground. This is incredible.
2: Well, it is. And, and we've been talking about this um, for the past year on the program. Um, It's uh, amazing, Uh, and I've been at Nebraska long enough now, I shouldn't say it's amazing, but it's very special that all that have um, verbally uh, and officially uh, pledged to this uh, project, we didn't lose a one of them. And there's been some tough economic times, Greg, as you well know, in the last 12 months. And then we were able to, uh get some more after the after the uh, shutdown and the decision to delay the project for a year um as we talked about a a few months ago we came back in a phasing effort to uh, get the project underway and and phase in at a later time the academic center and the training table Uh, but we needed to get our numbers of uh, pledges up to $80 million and we have surpassed that so um, we're hopeful that uh, with the excitement of uh, Husker football getting back to some semblance of normal and our great fans we during the process of construction will be able to raise the additional 20 million to hit our goal of 100 million and just get the, the whole project done at once. Fantastic. Well, it's a ceremony Friday at 3.30.
1: You you will be joined by the chancellor. Uh, President Carter will be there. Uh, Head football coach Scott Frost and women's basketball coach Amy Williams will also be on the dais for that event. And so that will be a fantastic start to what should be an incredible weekend with the spring game then coming up on Saturday. I'm guessing Coach Williams is there because there are aspects of this that will will touch all your
2: student-athletes, I think, correct? Yes, there are, and and primarily, as I mentioned, that will be the academic center and the training table, Uh, and so I know all of our coaches are very excited about that, and Amy always does a super job when she gets to the podium, so uh, she will most probably be talking about uh, the overall general benefits of that uh, uh, 355,000-square-foot building. Uh, and then the shovels are going to go in the ground and we're going to see cranes coming in and we're going to see bulldozers, and <laughs> front loaders and dump trucks. And uh, everywhere I've been, Greg, when a project like this is underway, it just, it raises the morale in the department. And uh, it it shows that we are continuing to invest in Husker athletics and that uh, we're all on the same page. and. Uh, in locked arms and, and moving this program forward. And um, we, we uh, certainly feel that this building for all of our sport programs is really going to be an asset.
1: Mm, fantastic. Okay, well, that kind of launches what's going to be just a tremendous weekend. I mean, it's busy, right? I mean, you're going to have the, the red-white game on Saturday at Memorial Stadium. You've got baseball, softball at home. You've got to be fired up for this weekend coming up.
2: Yeah, and the weather's supposed to be in the mm. 80s. It's just a, a real good good feel around here right now. And again, I applaud our people who uh, really gutted it out for 12 months. And there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and there's people in our stands. And uh, uh, as you mentioned, both baseball and softball uh, are playing at home. And uh, we could have as many as uh, 40 Thousand at the spring game, the red white uh, spring game, and and uh, it's just going to be feel real good. And I I know our our student athletes in all these sports are they they just have a little bit different pace in their drill when these great fans of ours are in the stands and supporting them. And uh, uh, it's 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 always fun, but it's been a little tough this last year, and we're back to having a lot of fun.
1: I bet. And tickets will be available on game day if you want to just come up and buy tickets for the spring game on game day. They prices do go up a bit on game day. And there's going to be some information coming out tomorrow at Huskers.com, folks, about parking, gate information, that type of thing. So be looking for that. Uh, for Saturday's red white game which will finish off spring practice and how about that we got a spring practice in and I know coach Frost has to be excited because last year they got about two practices into that thing and then the pandemic hit Uh, I'm sure they're excited to to get full 15 practices in over the last couple of months Uh, have you had a chance to talk to the coach is he encouraged
2: with what he's seeing he is, and and he says it's the best spring since he's been here, and that makes sense because uh, you, you know the the program has evolved. Uh, we've got uh, very very good depth now. We've got we've got uh, major college football players. Not that we haven't before, but we got more of them. And uh, when you have when when you have good depth like that, a spring uh, football it, it really becomes very critical because. The players are vying for starting spots and pushing those that are in front of them and replacing them at times. And your leaders evolve, and that certainly has happened this spring. And uh, um, we're, we're going to be in a good place uh, after Saturday going on into the summer and then into fall camp fantastic all right 531-546-86
1: the number to dot us up with a comment or question let's go to the phones let's start with john in lincoln good evening john you're up first tonight with bill moose
3: thank you for taking call our family has had season tickets from the 30s and last year we are in our middle 70s we you know you gave us the option of buying the tickets and doing the donation which we chose we just want to how are you going to
1: allocate tickets this year? Well, his we, phone, was, phone was bugging out on us there. So just, sorry, John. Yeah,
2: thank you for the call, John, and thank you for your support. And especially uh, this past year, as, as you mentioned, I, I hope that our listeners heard um, that John, uh, even though they couldn't a- attend uh, games this year in Memorial Stadium, or, uh, he uh, he... He uh, chose to let us keep his donations and his ticket money, and uh, that's been a big help for us. Uh, We are hopeful that we're going to be back to 100% capacity. And uh, if indeed that is the case, the tickets will be allocated uh, as they have in the past. and uh, in renewals will be coming out shortly, and uh, it'll be a lot like it was, very much like it was in in uh, 2019, um, and we're gonna we're gonna uh, put a put a, a, a shovel in 2020 and bury it probably when we're <laughs> building the new facility, because it was uh, uh, frustrating for all of us. But uh, we'll get back to business as usual uh, for. Uh, 2021 and uh i'm confident that we're going to be able to continue our sellout streak fantastic john appreciate the call sorry the, the phone was
1: uh bopping out on you there hey buckle up put that phone down it's a reminder from the ndot highway safety office let's take a text for you bill it's from adam in omaha three-part question Uh, One, how many wins would you consider to be a success for year four for Coach Frost? Are there any special things going on for the spring game? And importantly, will the concession stands be open for the spring game on Saturday?
2: Okay, well, the the concessions will be open. Uh, All your favorite uh, treats will be there just uh, as you remember them. And uh, we're excited about that. And we we have uh, while while I'm on that topic, Greg and, and Adam, if you're listening in, uh, our events people have done an, a fabulous job, and we've been ready to uh, uh, open the gates uh, from uh, gosh nine months ago. Uh, but in ordering f- food and and things for concessions. Uh, you had to be a little bit careful there, but once we, we uh, heard that we could go ahead and have the local authorities uh, determine how, how many people could attend our events, we started really uh, going to work on that. Uh, secondly, uh, how many games do I project? We have a tough schedule, uh, just probably the toughest schedule in college football. Uh, as as I'm sure our listeners know, we have both Michigan and Ohio State uh, this year, albeit at home. Um, and we also play at Oklahoma, who's being talked about possibly being a contender for the national championship for this season. And um, then you start folding in uh, Wisconsin and Iowa and Northwestern. And uh, we have not fared well against Illinois, um, and and others. Uh, uh, we've we've got Michigan State. We're going to have our work cut out for us. But as I mentioned earlier, uh, in the evening we've got a lot better depth. We've got a lot better experience. Uh, we uh, have a solid coaching staff that is primarily intact, and uh, a real good feeling. Uh, about the prospects of being competitive in every game this fall, and um, it's it it would be great, uh, you know, to get into that eight nine win, uh, to start getting back into the picture of of a conference championship, and then talking about more postseason. Uh, and I think in in year four for Scott Frost, I think that's a, a, a realistic uh, expectation. But as I said, you get, we're going to have to bring it every game, and we're going to have to, and this is important, protect our home field. Uh, this has got to be the toughest place to play uh, in the Big Ten. I have to have people fear it, and uh, that comes by how hard we play as a team, but also, again, our great fans who, uh, who, who make the, uh, the thrill of a home game in Memorial Stadium something that is unmatched anywhere.
1: And the last thing from Adam, anything special planned for the spring game? I, I don't know that there's going to be any any goofiness on the field. I, are you going to have any on-field uh, presentations or anything that you may be doing on Saturday? Or well,
2: we'll have we'll, we'll we'll have some things that we're doing. It won't it won't be like a regular fall game, but uh, we will we will have some events, and we will we're going to keep our fans entertained while we take a bit of a break. But as we all know. This is basically a practice. Uh, It counts as a practice. It'll be the 15th practice and final practice. And so there may be some change-ups. Some players may go from one team to another. Uh, Sometimes we may uh, score and come back with that same unit and and try some other things. But the important thing is that... uh, it's going to feel like Husker football and it's going to feel very special to have our stadium even full as we can have it. And I'm confident that'll be the case. Very good. Another text for you. This is from Bart. He says, why can't we have
1: paper tickets with football? Your thoughts on that?
2: Well, I've heard that. And uh, in, in some cases we're, we're going to do that. And if Bart has a, an issue uh, with using his phone, or we also are emailing tickets. Um, You know, I can understand I'm in an age group that has a little difficulty with that myself. Um, This spring game, uh, it's because of COVID. And um, people touching this and that and everything else, we just went ahead and implemented that. Um, But we're going to carry it on through the fall. And uh, uh, if our people are, are having Uh, issues with that. We want them to call our ticket office, uh, get a hold of our people. We can walk you through it. And uh, in some cases uh, may take a little longer than others, but it's something that uh, I think people are going to get comfortable with. And it's, I guess, the new age and um, some things are, are, are changing in the new age. And this is one of them. Bart, appreciate it. Thank you for the text. Let's get one more caller before we go to our first
1: break. Let's stay in Lincoln. Jason, you're up with Bill Moose. Good evening.
2: Hey, Bill. A lot of exciting things going on. If you could just touch real quickly, I'll listen off the air about uh, what might be in store for track since they're losing their facility and if there's anything in the radar in the next
3: two to three years for swimming. Thanks, Bill.
2: Thank you, Jason, for the call. We, the Board of Regents has approved the first phase of our new track. uh, complex and uh, w- that will be out at innovation campus um, we're already starting to do some work on it to get things prepped because our window of uh, of construction because of our weather is is uh, is an issue in that regard so uh, when it's all finished we will have a uh, first class track and field uh, uh, complex uh, out at innovation campus. Uh, close to the Bob Devaney Sports Center, uh, in better proximity for our coaches and track athletes to uh, go to our indoor track, to our outdoor track, to the offices, to the training room. In the end, I think it's going to be very, very well. It may take a little uh, getting used to, but um, we we, uh, we wanted to make sure that uh, we have a home for our, our all of our student athletes, both men and women, that compete in track and field, which is about 25% of our total student athletes. So um, it'll be first cabin. It'll be first class uh, swimming. We're, we're going to start discussions uh, hopefully this year um, about a natatorium. Uh, we're, we're way overdue for something like that. We had hoped that uh, before covid we could maybe even be in a position to be uh designing something like that right now but uh, those conversations are going to be back on the table and and once those two facilities and and we pay some attention to our two golf programs uh we will we will be there and we also already have beautiful wonderful facilities but Uh, Those three, we got to make sure that we're on top of, and uh, everybody should be happy at that point.
0: Your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly.
4: Ben Scooter set the first pitch to Anderson. Fastball ripped over the head of the shortstop into left field. Down the line to score. Schwellenbach, the freshman from Millard West, delivers. And Nebraska's on top, 7-6.
0: Sports Nightly is presented by the NDOT Highway Safety Office, who reminds you to buckle up and put the phone down. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin.
1: Here we are starting Sports Nightly, even though we're an hour into it. We had the Bill Moose Show for the month of April last hour. Hope you enjoyed that. Covered a lot. I mean, a lot of topics with the Husker AD. Always great to have him on. Good comments on our text line. Good calls on our Woodhouse Auto Family Sports Nightly hotline. Bringing you more choices in brands, locations, and service. Experience the difference. Purchase with confidence. This is Woodhouse. Uh, Greg Sharp, Ben McLaughlin, with you here for the next couple of hours. We're going to hear from Husker women's coach Amy Williams in a little bit. Have not checked in with her since their season ended about a month ago. We'll have our Top 10 Tuesday coming your way, and we'll chat with our old buddy Jeff Colhane, the voice of the North Dakota State Bison. They are in the playoffs. (laughs) Yeah, the football playoffs are going on at the FCS level. We'll get the update from Jeff and uh, also a little talk about Trey Lance, the outstanding quarterback who did not play, opted out of this year for North Dakota State. He looks like he'll be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft when that gets going on Thursday night. But uh, let's start, Ben, with your thoughts about what stood out
4: to you in the hour with Bill Moose. What caught your attention? Yeah, I mean, anytime the athletic director talks football, that's enough to, to get my attention and I think we're all kind of curious with the schedule um, you know how that may shake out with you know the cancellation of the game over in Ireland and what what that does for Nebraska's schedule playing on a week zero and and then having a week off Um, I think that's it's been fairly obvious where Nebraska comes down on wanting to get a game on that September 4th date um, and and not have a bye week after your first game on week zero so you know, that, that of course, is always um, something I'm interested in hearing is where we're at uh, on the prospect of that. Hearing him talk about how difficult Nebraska's schedule is. Um, yeah. I feel like we're in a run here where, uh, you know, we're, we're finally going to start getting teams like Ohio State off of the schedule and hopefully get another crossover team in here. And obviously playing Oklahoma is not going to be an easy challenge either. Um, but then hearing, you know, his optimism for the season and throwing some win totals out there I thought was interesting. And, um, you know, I, we, we wouldn't know better than you know, him what the, the expectation for the program is this year. I think we all expect Nebraska to be competitive every Saturday when they're out there. But, um, you know, to, I think we, we would all sign up for a 500 or better record and hearing him throw out eight and nine wins, I think we would all sign on that line right now. Absolutely. I mean, he did talk about it Maybe as tough a schedule
1: as anybody in the country is going to have to face when you get both Michigan and Ohio State, the two heavies in this league. And I know Michigan hasn't been as good lately, but... Wisconsin certainly has. You've got them and Iowa, Northwestern, all the teams in the West. It's going to be a challenging schedule, but I also think he feels like there's now some depth on this team to be able to get after that. A couple of big announcements today. Let's start with the the groundbreaking ceremony going to happen on Friday for the new football facility, and they didn't want to do this, Ben, until they got to over $80 million raised for this thing. They've, they've gotten over that, and that couldn't have been easy to continue to try to raise money in the middle of a pandemic, which is what we've been dealing with for the last 12 months. But it's been about a year and a half since they made the big announcement about the campaign, and now they're ready to put a, a shovel in the dirt and start bringing, like Bill said, cranes in and mirth movers and all that type of thing to start what should be just a fabulous addition to Husker Athletics.
4: Yeah, I'm not sure any of us really knew what to expect in regards to the, the new facility but just because of that, you know, with the pandemic and – you know, hearing what the athletic department had to do to just keep people employed and keep jobs and, you know, keep sports and not having to cut sports, I think we all kinda understood that, you know, maybe this is something that would have to go on the back burner. But you you just have to give a lot of credit to everybody over there that's, you know, done a good job and helping to raise the money, keep that thing relatively on track and you know, just to kind of keep forth um, you know, the the aggressive mindset of getting this thing done. So tip of the cap to everybody over there that's Getting it done and, and raising money and you know trying to get this thing going for the football program because you know we've seen renderings of it we've seen what it could look like and there's no doubt that it's going to help this team in, in a plenty of areas so you know to be able to to get that thing going and you know st- stick on a on somewhat of a schedule I think would be awesome so that'll be three thirty Friday afternoon they're going to have uh, obviously Bill Moose will be
1: there Ronnie Green the Chancellor Ted Carter the President Scott Frosthead football coach and Amy Williams will represent all the other sports because uh, the training table is going to be in there. The study areas are going to be in there for all the sport, all the other athletes to be there. So Coach Williams, who we're going to hear from here in a little bit, uh, will be a part of that ceremony on Friday. The other thing, and this came out late morning, is that they are going to to try to put about 6,100 folks in Haymarket Park this weekend for the baseball series and 75% capacity at Boland Stadium as the Oscar softball team will have their final three home games this weekend as well. That's a big jump. I mean, that's a bi- that's almost double what it was for the Maryland series where they put about 3,100 in there. And I got a text from Keith Mann, sports information director, right before we started the hour one of the program tonight, Ben, that said all the reserve seats at A Market Park sold out for the Rutgers series. There are GA tickets available. Uh, so get on Huskers.com if you want to see some Husker baseball this weekend as they play Rutgers. Man, it kind of makes the the hair on my arm stand up a little bit
4: hearing about how quickly Husker fans uh, gobbled up those tickets today when they went on sale. I I I'm so excited to get to Haymarket Park this weekend with some fantastic weather and to be around um, you know the support that these fans are going to give this team that they've earned. You know this is a a group that's earned this and they're playing well and I think. Husker fans here are starving to watch Husker sports, period, but they're starving to watch a winner and they're going to see a great product this weekend. And I hope the boys are just ready for, you know, the amount of, um, anxiety, anxiousness, um, You know, adrenaline, all those things that come into play when you're playing. This this, that's why a lot of them come here, Greg. All these out of state kids want to come here because Husker Nation's so great. And you know that a lot of them had last year, all of them had last year taken away from them. And you know to be a part of something like this is is really special. And there's a lot of momentum with this program right now, and I I think it's going to be, you know, much much deserved for for not just the players but for the fans too that want to go enjoy some Husker sports and you know, make, make a, a day of it on the spring game to go watch Big Red Baseball and, you know, hopefully cheer this team on to another series victory against Rutgers. Nine home games left, the three with
1: Rutgers, and then in two weeks, Northwestern comes in, and then two weeks after that, the Michigan Wolverines, which could be a series to determine the league champions. So some nine terrific games. Rutgers playing very well. They just took a series at Michigan, so that's a competent baseball team. And Will Bolt really raved last night about... Uh, the head coach at Rutgers really th- thinks very highly of him. Uh, that he was very successful at Bryant, and so he's very. He, he I think he doesn't. Coach Bolt doesn't mince words. If he likes you, he's going to tell you that. And he likes this Rutgers program under this direction
4: of this coach. So there'll be a challenge for the Big Red all weekend long. Yeah, they they, they will. They've they've got a couple of really good pitchers. It starts with Rutkowski. He's One of the better pitchers in the league he's a left-hander and you know in terms of draftable projects he's probably you know the top five guys in the league that project at the next level um and and they're they're pretty dang good offense too they've got some names in the lineup that you know the last time we were we were in um Piscataway um you know calling Nebraska against Rutgers these kids were freshmen and you know they, they were just developing, and they have developed in, into some pretty good players. So this is not an easy challenge. They just went to Michigan and took two of three from the Wolverines in Ann Arbor. So, you know, they're feeling pretty confident coming down here.
1: All right, uh, Bo in Arcadia wants us to try to explain the host bid process, and that might have also been for Bill Moose, but but he slipped out of here. Evan Bland, we, we, who we had on last night, did a great job of kind of outlining it that the NCA is going to going to pick 20 sites, 20 schools as host. I think it's on May the 10th. So we're still about 13 days away from that happening. Uh, That's going to give them some wiggle room to whittle it down to 16. If somebody gets hot, they might be in the uh, the eyes of the committee to be around 18 or 19. They may get hot, move up into the top 16 where they host. Somebody in the top 16 may not play very well the last couple weeks and may drop out of that. Uh, That's how I understand that it's going to go. They're going to pick 20 and right now i i'm i'm quietly confident nebraska's one of those 20 would you, are you in that camp
4: right right now i am now the, after that series with michigan state this is where this this could this entire idea could be made or break right here i mean this stretch with you've got five with rutgers two with indiana um, you've got michigan still on the docket you've got a couple with ohio state still this is a This is going to be a really tough stretch for the team. And this is a time to go prove it to the national folks and prove it to the league that you are in the upper echelon, if not the best team in the conference this year. So um, all the teams that are going to be fighting for the conference crown at the end are going to be playing some really tough schedules from this point forward. Starts with Nebraska Rutgers. Uh, Iowa plays Indiana this weekend. You know, Michigan's got all their tough games ahead of them. So you know, we're going to find out who's going to separate themselves from everybody else in these next few weeks. And I mean, it, it is it is buckle your seatbelt and go time. And you know, it's, it starts this weekend. And hopefully, the team can kind of be re-energized after a very long couple of weeks on the road and get home and you know play well in front of the home fans and really start to stretch that game and a half lead out because. It's not going to get easier from this point forward. In fact, it's just going to increasingly get more difficult as, uh, as the weeks go by. Sure is. And, you know, the, the, but that's
1: it. to win a league title, you need to earn the league title. And right now this team has put themselves in with a month to go, squarely in the, the hunt for this deal. They have the game and a half lead. They have, of the 17 games left, nine of them. So just over half at home. That's big. Um, the two road series that they go to, Ben, they don't play just that team, right? I mean, they go to Rutgers, where so they play them twice, not even three times, but twice. They play Indiana twice. From there. And then when they go to Bloomington, they play Indiana twice, but they get Ohio State twice, too. So they don't have any true road series left. That, to me, is a little bit of an advantage, but you got to keep playing good baseball, and you got to keep trying to improve on what you are. And I, I, I'm, I'm confident in this group and, and can't wait for them to take the field again on um, on Friday night against the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. We are back on a sports nightly Tuesday night. Already a busy show. Had Bill Moose, the athletic director for the first hour of the program, and now going to talk to head coach Amy Williams. It's been a month since the Husker season came to an end in the WNIT, the second round, and... Uh, always like to give the coaches a little downtime once the season ends. But coach, great to have you with us here again tonight. I hope your last thirty days have been been productive, fun, relaxing for you and your family and your team.
2: Yes,
5: we've been just fine and had a great uh, you know postseason and and just um, really excited about uh, what's coming up and and uh, just uh, you know excited to be back with you.
1: Well, uh, let's review the season. I I really felt there were times that you were probably maybe getting about as much out of that group as you could. I know there was a game here or there that you wish you probably could have back. But your thoughts about the way the season unfolded for your team?
5: Yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty, pretty accurate, Greg. We just um, we had some great wins this season. We obviously had, uh, you know, five wins over ranked opponents and, and what are what would be like can quad one type wins you know just really you know some tough road wins things like that that I was really proud of the grit and and um, toughness that our team showed but um, then we, we just have to work towards a little more consistency because there were some games where we really you know felt like that you know um, at least on paper people would think this is a game we should be able to win and um, we let those kind of slip through our hands with, you know, just some different matchups and things like that. And and so um, I think our team, you know, just striving for that consistency moving mm-hmm. forward. But it, it certainly was um, a season that showed us some really good things and things to build on uh, moving forward. And we're excited to get started in that process building towards that.
1: Coach, one chapter that is closed is, is the Kate Kane era of Husker basketball, and she did so many wonderful things, and now giving it a go in the WNBA. Can you just kind of put into words for us what she meant the last four years to the program?
5: Yeah, it's it's hard to really kind of put it into words, but, I mean, uh, you know, Kate really entered into our program at a time, you know, uh, after my first year here, and, and um, you know, we, we had a, a huge hole in – the inside, you know, in that post position that we really needed to try to fill. And she came in right away as a freshman and really kind of just right away surpassed what um, our expectations were. And then throughout her uh, career here at Nebraska, just continued to – provide sparks and and do more and more for our program and and grow and and she worked really hard to uh change her body and just um you know is really leaving her her name all over our record books as our all-time leading shot blocker three-time defensive player of the year in the big 10 conference but uh but also you know a lot of people don't recognize just on the offensive end she's she's one of uh 10 players at nebraska that finished with over 1000 points and 750 rebounds so um you know just you know one of the more prolific uh players that we've had come through the program and productive and just uh found ways to really help our team in a lot of areas
1: well she she departs and she'll be loved by this fan base for the rest of her life but you certainly have a great core coming back what what's that group been doing since the season ended and and can you get it kind of back to a normal summer and off season now that we we're kind of getting COVID under under control
5: Yeah, I mean, we're really hoping to be able to get uh, close to back to normal heading into, you know, this next year. And and we you know, we took a couple of weeks off after um, after uh, the WNIT and and gave the girls a couple of weeks to kind of recover from, you know, just the physical ailments of having. Sometimes seven, sometimes eight, sometimes even just six available players, you know, throughout the season, um, and just getting everybody healed up, and and really even Greg, uh, you know, kind of a break from the daily testing, and it doesn't seem like much, but you know during a long season when you're having to come in even on your day off sometimes to uh to covid test and stuff it just is kind of one more thing on your plate and and so kind of a little break from that for a couple of weeks and then um and then we were able to do a post season that really consisted of very individualized for all of our returning players just um one-on-one skill works with our coaching staff and one player to really address kind of specific um Player development with each each uh individual player as well as um you know kind of almost private training with our strength and conditioning um, coach and our uh sports science staff, the NAPL staff, you know, getting in and, and evaluating some of their movements and how we could get better in those areas. And so it's a very individualized approach to the postseason. And um now we're in dead week and finals week next week, and so our kids are focusing on the academics and we'll have a little bit of time off here in May, but um, early June will be when all of our new players report to campus and we get started for next season.
1: Again, visiting with Husker Women's Basketball Coach Amy Williams here on Sports Nightly on the Husker Sports Network. You, I know you and Matt have talked throughout the season about the, the group that you signed in November. You've added a name since the season ended and that is a transfer from Oregon and Jazz. Shelley. what can you tell the folks about this exciting player?
5: well uh, jazz is is a very exciting player that uh, we kind of got to know pretty well uh, the first time with her recruitment out of high school and when she was initially coming over and she played on uh, played for the Australian team at the World Championships, was on that same team with uh, Izzy Bourne and just a, a very good point guard that's just heady, um, that understands how to play the game, that really makes the right basketball play, shows great uh, leadership, is is uh, very focused on both ends of the court and um, just a very well-rounded player that we got to see up bunch when she was playing over in Australia um, and she spent her first two seasons of college basketball at the University of Oregon and uh, we're just excited to be able to add her into the mix and think that she could uh, really provide us what we're um, what we're really needing in just uh, additional uh, depth in the guard position but a great leader and floor general out there.
1: Do you anticipate her arriving with the rest of your newcomers in June, or what what timetable have you set up with her?
5: Yeah, so um, it'll be just a little different because she does have to finish her coursework at Oregon, which will um, conclude more like mid-June. So um, once she is finished with her her schoolwork there um, at Oregon, then uh, she will arrive sometime there, I would think, mid to late June here in Lincoln.
1: Speaking of June, the NCA is going to open the gates again, right, June 1st, so you can yeah. get back out yeah. recruiting and have recruits come on campus. That has to be a huge hurdle and a huge step in the right direction of getting back to normal, isn't it?
5: Yes, we're so excited for that. And, um, you know, for our recruit. what happens is on June 1st, we go back to our normal recruiting calendar. And in the sport of women's basketball, The whole month of June is a quiet period. So um, it will not mean that we're going to be traveling. We will still not be able to, as coaches, go off campus and recruit until um, the July evaluation periods. But what it does do for us is all of the potential recruits and underclassmen that we have wanted to have come make an unofficial or official visit to our campus will be allowed to do that. So I anticipate June will be a very busy month for um, campus visits and, and being able to, to show off our beautiful campus and, and, um, and to get uh, recruits and their uh, parents back in to uh, see our facilities and get a feel for what life is like here in the women's basketball program at Nebraska.
1: You and the rest of the coaches may need a crash course on how to do some of this stuff. It's been been a long time since you've been actually – the chains have come off and you can go recruit like you normally do.
5: I know, and we are so excited, just chomping at the bit. I will, (laughs) I I will say that uh, there's been some blessings that go along with you know being uh, off the road, just as far as being able to uh, be present and watch my own daughters, um, you know, participate in some of their activities. But uh, but certainly we are chomping at the bit to get back out there and um, and be back evaluating in person instead of watching live streams that sometimes um, freeze up and. Are a little choppy and you can't see all the things that you're really wanting to evaluate all the time.
1: Well, another thing that should get us back to normal is, is opening the doors to PBA again next November when the season goes. How much did you miss the fans this past year?
5: It's It's really, really hard for me to put into words how difficult that was here. And uh, because our team had so many new players that um, have never experienced what it's like, uh, what Husker Nation is like, you know, what sitting at a football game in the fall is like, what running out to that crowd in Pinnacle Bank Arena feels like. And um, so, you know, I think for kids like Sam Hybe and Kate Kane and some of those kids that have had that experience it was really really hard for them um, to to not have that fan base um, just so loyal and loud and cheering and kind of that home court advantage but um, I'm just very anxious for all of our new players who haven't got to experience that to uh, to get that again and to be able to uh, to feel that energy from from Husker Nation.
1: I, you know, I know all the sports have missed it. In my opinion, Coach, I think college basketball was affected the most from everything that I've watched, even professional level, because I think the crowd advantage in college basketball is unlike any other sport because everybody's right there down close to you, and you can hear all the cat calls and what they're saying to you when you're trying to yeah. make a free throw late in the game. I think it affected college hoops the most of anything that I've been a part of.
5: Yeah, I I could see that, Greg. I mean, I I really can because it's such a home court advantage. It's so tough to go on the road and win when you are in those environments. And, um, you know, one thing we hadn't thought about was just um, how that quiet gym, I mean, even with the pumped-in fake crowd noise and stuff, just um, how much easier it is to pull play calls and scout and all of those kinds of things that you just wouldn't even think about. But uh, it's been very interesting, I think, it was it did affect our game uh, pretty substantially we noticed it a lot and i i can't tell you how eager we are to get back into pinnacle bank arena with fans
1: no doubt well coach thank you for the time it's great to catch up it's it's we just wanted to kind of put a cap on last year and start looking ahead now to of the future and uh we're so proud of what you and, and the team did this year and have a great off season and we'll certainly be in touch
5: that sounds great greg thanks so much for having me today take care
1: Not going to lie, I'm a little nervous about this top ten topic after Tim's topic conversation before the top of the hour. We'll see. Top ten Tuesday coming your way here in a couple minutes as we welcome you back. Hour number three of Sports Handling here on a Tuesday night. Later on in the hour, we'll hear from the former host of this show, Jeff Colhane, who's now the voice of the Bison. They are playing football. Yep, football that counts right now at the FCS level. Their playoffs began last week. Started with a 16-team field, they're down to the final eight. NDSU traveling to Huntsville, Texas, to play Sam Houston State this weekend. Jeff will give us all the particulars about that. We'll get his thoughts about Trey Lance, a former Bison quarterback, supposed to be one of the top ten picks in the NFL draft, which gets going on Thursday night. But uh, all right, let's do it. Top ten.
0: We think him up. We count him down. It's Top 10 Tuesdays on Sports Nightly.
1: We struggled to come up with one this time, and I, I, I kind of came up this afternoon going, you know what, it's been a while since folks have been able to go out and tailgate uh, for a Husker football event, so maybe they need a crash course, a reminder, a thought, a list of things that make a successful tailgate, so I threw that out to, to Ben and Tim, and uh, no, but nobody else. I better. So here we go. Right? This will be okay. <laughs> well, by
6: tailgating the, essentials, baby. Yeah. I, I'm a, a no, as a known tailgating expert. Uh, I'm gl- I'm glad to have put together this list. By the way, a bombshell revelation that happened uh, in between the hour here. Producer Austin admitted to me he has never, in his uh, expen- extensive life, had ever been to a tailgate. How about that? How what? about that? Ex- yeah. This is true. Let- <sighs>
3: What, yeah, is, what, I, what is happening? I have gone to games with my family. The couple games I have gone to with friends, we were not really old enough to tailgate. We just went with friends, didn't enough pack enough, stuff to have, tailgate. Yeah, you don't
6: have to partake in adult beverages. You can just Well, what's the point around? if that's
3: not going on? But yeah, no, it just Jeez. never happened. I've walked through plenty. I've you know, stopped by and said hi to people, but never actually taking part in a real good old-fashioned tailgate myself. <laughs>
4: All right. Here's the deal. If the Royals are still competitive in July, we're gonna get a staff a staff outing, get a parking spot in uh, at Kauffman, and we're gonna throw you a tailgate. How Can we tailgate sound? at B Dub's? Make it. Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't tailgate at B Dub's. Uh, <laughs> see, would- see that shows what
3: I know. Yeah. There you go. And <laughs> how make, about, how about we June. stop
4: and eat there after the game's over? Sure. sure. Yeah. Ma- sure. Make it June, July. I might
6: be. I might be elsewhere. Uh, just just anyway. Moving on
4: all right so i'm going to
1: lead this off since this was my i stumbled into this topic my number 10 the things you need for a successful tailgate a tent you got to start with a tent you got to have you got to mark your territory have your tent up Get people out of the sun at occasion. Maybe it's out of the rain at some point in time during your six, seven hours that you're going to be set up for this thing. So number one, yeah.
6: number ten on my list is a tent. But also great for the, that's for the bald people in your life. You know, think about the balds. You know, the sun is harsh, especially a, in the warmer months. So you need a tent. cap. Yeah. what a ball cap. We can for. wear,
4: we can wear hats, Tim.
6: Well, you know, I, I like to rock it, bald but beautiful. You know, you got to show off sometimes. Just how I feel. All right, Tim, go ahead. <laughs> All right, my number ten. Uh, you need lawn games. Uh, specifically oh, though, good one. you good need one. cornhole. I think cornhole is the staple of a of a good tailgate. Uh, but anyone will do. I know some people do the uh, frisbee. Put the put the two poles up. Put a beer bottle on it. Try and knock. Polish it off. horseshoes. Yeah, that that there you go. That you've been at the name. There's also just regular horseshoes that that works as well. Uh, but I think cornhole is the king of the lawn games. But just lawn games in general, you need them. That's why they're my number ten.
4: Okay, good, all right, my number 10 sounds stupid, but if I'm running a tailgate, I can't be having stuff all over the place. trash bags you got to have trash Ooh, bags. there's lots nice. of stuff that you've got to have uh, go in them, which we'll get to later that that may or may not make an appearance on any of our lists, but keep it tidy. you don't want it looking like a frat party you know do do yourself and everybody else are on the tailgate a favor, throw your garbage away, keep it cleanly and you know let's let's pick up after ourselves. Very good. All right, my number nine. I got my tent
1: for ten. Number nine, you need serving tables. You gotta have. You gotta put the spread somewhere. So you have to have those little tables, not to sit at, because we're not gonna be sitting down and doing that at my tailgate. But I have to have tables to put, you know, the meat selections, the salads, all that
6: stuff out. So some serving tables a must for my tailgate. That's my number nine. My number nine, this is where I've got brats and hot dogs. I mean, I th- I would say if you had to pick one, I would probably slide w- or side with the brats. I think they're more a versatile staple of uh, of, of tailgates. Uh, but those are essentials. I mean, you know, you can have about any spread you really want, uh, you know, coleslaw or whatever sides. But you're going to need brats. You're going to need hot dogs if you're at a tailgate. An end of story. That's why they're my number nine.
4: All right. My number nine mentioned by Greg at 10. I've got the tailgate tent here. Good for all weather circumstances. Mm-hmm. If you're hot, you're in the shade. If you're cold, you know, block the wind. Uh, but, yeah, throw that tailgate tent out there. It's a must. It's a necessity, um, you know, for the wives, the girlfriends, the kids that, that need, you know, that need that kind of thing. Get the tailgate tent up. And, uh, yeah, that, that's that's a good place to start. It's marking your territory, right?
1: It's a look for the white tent, look for the red tent, for the black. I mean, that's that's how you identify for people where to come find you. So there you go. All right. um, All right. My number eight. Again, I got tent and then I got tables. You got to have plates and forks. You got to have all the stuff to put your food and your all your things on. And you got to be, you know, some of you may have like a corn salad or something. You better be able to have some forks around, too. So plate my plates and my forks, all my utensils is my number eight.
6: All right, my number eight, this is where I have soda or pop or sodi Pop, if you're one of those people who calls it that. Uh, just for the people who, yeah, don't partake in, in the other beverages that might be consumed at a, at a tailgate, I think that's a staple. Uh, I myself have weaned uh, off of of off soda, unfortunately. Uh, I'm not a, not a huge fan, but... I think it's still an essential staple is, you know, you got to pace yourself, too. If you're if you're going to be tailgating for a while, you know, you don't want to be like seven or eight deep. You know, you got to break things up a little bit uh, every once in a while. So that's why Soda is my number eight. Do do any of us know somebody that calls it Sody Pop?
4: I, I, I don't.
6: No, no. I don't. Well, I heard in Texas, I don't know if this is just like an old wives' tale, but apparently they call like every type of soda like a Coke or whatever, a Coca-Cola. Which I've I, heard that
4: before. I I, I, can't, I can't say Sody Pops. I did not observe that when I was, yeah,
6: there. But anyway, I, and I haven't called it Sody Pop either. I'm more of a soda guy rather than a pop guy, but that
4: might just be me. Okay. All right, my number eight, I've got a heater slash fan. Nothing mm-hmm. worse than being out there at a tailgate when it's, yep. you know, five degrees. You got those, those little propane heaters absolutely clutch money to have that 100 degrees outside get those uh, college world series i've been at tailgates at the cws where you know it's 100 degrees get those big industrial fans popping and it just makes everything more enjoyable so heater slash fan my number eight okay up to number seven we go and here's
1: where you gotta have a good cooler you gotta you gotta be able to store your your beverages in something you gotta be able to store your meats in something before you get it cooking and going so a number seven
6: for me is a cooler my number seven. I've got uh, a George Foreman grill. You need at least a George Foreman grill. Now, if you're more serious, you'll have a full-size grill. You might even have a smoker if you're, you know, down south or you're just really into it. Uh, but the very least, you need a George Foreman grill. They're they're easy. Uh, they're simple. You gotta be able to warm up those burgers and broths somehow. So that is my number seven: a George Foreman grill. Great.
4: My number seven, Tim had at ten. Games. You gotta have games. Mm-hmm. If you're at a ball game, bring your gloves and a ball, football, washers. Uh, Tim mentioned cornhole. And you get you just gotta have something. You gotta have something out there for the people to get those competitive juices flowing before your game. So absolutely one hundred percent for me, games a must at seven. Okay. My number six. Uh, Tim had this at seven. You got to have your
1: grill. You got to be a real tailgaters grill. They don't just bring pre-cooked things and set that out. You grill when you're at your tailgate. So you got to have the grill. All
0: right. That's, my
2: number.
6: Uh, oh, nope. sorry. Go ahead, Tim. Yeah. Thanks, Ben. Stepping on my stepping on my list. It's all right. I'll it off. Uh, my number six is actually have got pizza and other specific food stuff. Uh, not typically always a staple at tailgates but to me it's, it's such a versatile food and yeah i know it's cheating a little bit you're not grilling it yourself but i mean come on it, it, it's it's a great food item uh, never gonna no, no one's ever gonna complain that you have pizza no one's gonna be like oh where'd this come from they're gonna they're gonna snarf it down so yeah you need your brats you need your hot dogs you need your whatever else but pizza's not bad too so my my number six
4: Questionable to have pizza ahead of hot dogs and brats, but who am I to judge? <laughs> uh, anyway, my number six was the same as Greg's and Tim mentioned earlier. I've got, I've got the grill here at number six.
1: Okay, my number five is a precursor to uh, one that's still to come, koozies. You've got to have koozies to put around your drinks, your beverages, your soda pops or whatever Tim's going to have. Uh, so you've got you to supply the koozies for everybody
6: so your hands aren't getting all wet and slobbery. So koozies all right uh my number five this is where i've got speaking of beverages is where i have the uh yeah the the good stuff the the booze uh but don't it's got to be a certain kind i mean don't don't be sipping on like an ipa or god forbid bring like some champagne or something you know you you got to do it right got to be a domestic got to be something a little light you know and and again be drink responsibly folks always be safe out there but uh yeah a staple uh you need it got to be there my number five
4: all right, my number five. I've got the TVs here at number five. A lot of times, tailgaters aren't actually there to go to the games. You've got you got to be watching. You know, if you're if you're if your kickoffs at two thirty and you're there at you know at ten o'clock, you throw college game day on. You got the eleven a.m. games on. You got to be going knowing what's going on around the country. Uh, college World Series TVs absolute must. It's rare that you're going to go sit in the sun for four hours and watch an entire game, but you want to know what's happening in the games that you're at. So TVs for me a must at number five. Very good. All right, my number four. This was my
1: my my precursor was koozies. My number four are the beverages. Whether it's soda pops, uh, adult beverages, waters, you got to load it up for the
6: day. Beverages, my number four. Uh, well, my number four. Ben mentioned TVs. Well, uh, you forget yourself, sir, because you need a radio as well to be able to hear the call. I mean, come on. I mean, if you're uh, if you're outside the stadium, you want to make sure that that the radio is uh, you know nice and loud so you hear all of the action described as it was meant to be described. And I know I'm singing or preaching to the choir for our audience. I know they're probably all, you know, got their, got their portable radios, got their Walkmans, you know, Steve Bartman style (laughs) in the stadium itself. But uh,
4: yeah, number four, got to have the radio. All right, my number four, look, it was impossible for me to distinguish, you know, Napkins, forks, ice coolers, all of that from one another. So I'm just labeling it as supplements. You know, things that that are required to make everything else more enjoyable, right? So you know, you've you, these are things that you, you know, if you're throwing the tailgate, you can ask others to bring a bag of ice or bring some koozies or whatever. So I, I've got the supplements here at number four that. Really make every other part to it more enjoyable. But I don't know how you distinguish a koozie being more important than a fork and a knife or a napkin. So I'm going, I'm going supplements at number four. Very good. All right, my number three here's where you got to have power. You got to
1: have a generator, right? You got to be able to fire some things up here. So you have to have power, and it's got to be one of those little portable generators that you gas up before you get there. You're ready to roll.
6: So uh, power with a generator, my number three. My number three, this is where I've got the tent uh, for the, the pastier folks out there like myself. You know, you might you might have five to ten minutes before you start to turn uh, beet red. So the tent is, is a must uh, for me. Not only does it keep you cool. It's also, yeah, like Greg said, it's like a, it's a signifier. You know, you're at the red tent, the white tent the whatever tent. Uh, and it keeps you out of the sun, which is a must, uh, especially for someone like myself who burns. Uh, yeah, after five minutes. So a tent, my number three.
4: All right, Tim harassed me a while ago for not having a radio on my list. Well, little did he know I've got music speakers here at number 3. So, um, you take that insult right back, Tim, and shove it in your pocket. So, what well, is it? Music. A,
6: I was about an actual like AM
4: FM radio, not not a not music speakers, but Well, know. it's a multi-purpose tool. It doesn't just have to play music. You can put whatever you want on your music speakers. Depends I listen to, to tune speaker. in radio all the time on my music speaker. My little <laughs> my little portable thing that you can take golfing, you can take wherever. You gotta have something go. for the people besides just uh, the the T V. So yeah, loud music, speakers, for whichever your your audio pleasure, whether it be the game itself or some actual music. So I've got speakers here at number three.
1: Okay. On to number two of your tailgate items have a successful tailgate, I've got audio-visual equipment. So I put it into one category, your flat screens, your radios, your speakers if you want to pump some tunes, get people moving the hips a little bit out there in the tailgate, moving the shoulders, popping up and down. Audio-visual work, you got to have that in your tailgate, that's my number two.
6: Uh, in a similar vein, my number two, yeah, multiple TVs for, for viewing other games. You got to have the setup. I mean, I've seen some pretty intricate setups. I mean, you, I've seen some, you know, some guys. They might get crazy. They might have just two or three, or they might have seven or eight. Um, there's lots of college football action happening on any given Saturday in the fall. You want to make sure you got your bases covered. So, uh, multiple TVs to view all the games, all the all the key matchups at least, and all those time slots is a must. So, my number two.
4: My number two, impossible, again, to distinguish one from the next. And, and I'm not here to pick one or the other. Everybody likes their own cold beverages here at number two. Um, again, it's, it's a large part of what makes a tailgate successful. So um, pull your beverages, whatever it is that you like, and sit back and get comfy. Very good. We have made it to the number one spot for a successful tailgate.
1: And for me, the right people you got to have the right people who are going to have a good time. You don't want any Debbie Downers coming in. You don't want any Karens coming in and doing things. You want fun people at your tailgate. So the
6: right people is my number one. Well, Greg stole my thunder because at number one I have good company. Yes, uh, that is the, the essential um, you know thing you need for any good tailgate. It's good people because, yeah, it only takes one wet blanket to, to ruin it yeah. for everyone else. So, uh, yeah, my number one.
4: I had company, but crossed it off because if I have all this other stuff, I can get by. But I can't get by a tailgate without food. It's got to be food. (laughs) I I mean, if I don't like you, if you've got a a tent, if you've got a fan, TV, music, um, places for me to go, I I can deal with it. But no tailgate is complete without food. And that's that's usually the best way to my heart to get me anywhere is food. And tailgating is no different. So... Um, you know, whatever it is, I'm not really that picky. If you've got food, I'm going to come eat it. Fantastic. Well, hopefully we, we helped some folks. Hopefully we, we
1: helped our own Austin Orman, yeah. who's never been to a tailgate. So he would have been lousy at this thing. He,
6: I guess he obviously he's oblivious to what goes on at tailgates. Yeah, like a deer in headlights. He wouldn't have known to do with himself. Didn't Probably doesn't even know how to play cornhole. You know?
4: Austin, do you like any of those things that we mentioned? Do you like TVs? Do you like food? Do you like um, <laughs> um, games? Do you like do you like that stuff?
3: For the most part, hard to say that there are many days I go without most of those things. So it sounds like a, a you know, fun time place I would find myself at some point in the future.
4: <laughs> so this is kind of funny, you know. Uh, we we all worked with Nate for a long time, and we you know it was his bachelor party, so of course we went to multiple Royals games. Only only Nate Roar would make you sit through multiple Royals games (laughs) on a bachelor party, but it was like 41 degrees and windy and rainy and Nate and I were the only ones at the bachelor party not in a car. We were out (laughs) playing catch at Kauffman Stadium with just frozen hands. Uh, But yeah, it's it's the best part, man. You got to go out. You got to enjoy the elements and tailgating is a a heck of a time. There's a reason why people do it so much. Good stuff. Well, hopefully that that helped a few folks. If you're going to be lining up your
1: tailgate for this saturday for the red white game or maybe you're gonna be doing some tailgate at some husker baseball games because folks get out there early to haymarket park and set up some pretty elaborate tailgates out there as well we're back here on a tuesday i hope you enjoyed our top 10 topic top 10 things you need for a successful tailgate party one guy that i know has probably hit a tailgate party or two Joining us now, he's a former host of this show, Jeff Colhane, now the voice of the North Dakota State Bison, who are playing football games right now that count. The FCS level is into their playoffs time. Your your body clock's got to be all messed up, right? April and football going on right now?
3: Or uh, is Thanksgiving coming up around the corner? <laughs> what are we eating? What are, what are we doing? Yeah, it is. It's, it's something. I, you know, we... Um, would have loved to have played in the fall, Sharpie, like like everybody else did. But, you know, our players want to play. They want a chance to play, and they weren't given that opportunity in the fall outside of one game for NDSU, which has been uh, pretty well documented with Trey Lance and the Central Arkansas game back on October 3rd. But, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's interesting. And, you know, once you start playing the games, it, it kind of takes you back to a little bit of normalcy. But um hey you're you're in it you might as well try and win them all and certainly ndsu has won a lot of them over the last decade plus
1: now it's not as big a playoff field is it as normal it, it, didn't they reduce that a little bit
3: correct yeah so with some of the you know some of the leagues opting out uh some of the other schools opting out they made the decision uh, before the year quite honestly that they would reduce the field down to 16 and greg i'll be honest i I, I, I don't think that's a bad idea to stick with. Sometimes I feel like 24 is too many teams that get in and you get some, you know, you, you get some of the teams in there that probably aren't deserving to be in the postseason, And it kind of waters it down a little bit. And then you have, you know, it's not a true bracket overall. It's regionalized. It's, it's not seated. And so you have some mismatches and you have some in-conference teams playing one another and, That's what what you really want to avoid in postseason time. So I wouldn't be too upset if they stayed with 16. They'll go back to 24 in the fall. But, yeah, it's been a a different uh, bracket than years past. You know,
1: um, North Dakota State's part of the Missouri Valley in football, and that is a really good football league. In fact, the Valley did pretty well weekend one, didn't they?
3: Yeah, there's some people that have dubbed this thing the uh, Missouri Valley Football Conference Invitational (laughs) Uh, after (laughs) – The way the the league was represented overall with five of the 16 teams, Greg, in the field and four of the six at-large bids that were available went to the Valley. And then they proved themselves uh, well last weekend on the gridiron where four of the five teams won and the only team that lost lost to another Valley team. And that was Missouri State getting, getting beat by UND, by North Dakota. So... Yeah, we look at ourselves as, you know, at the FCS level, the, the best uh, league overall. And there's always conversation points between the fan bases of the different leagues like there are in the FBS, certainly, at the Power 5 level. But um, you got a lot of, you got a lot of programs in the Valley that you could really argue play Power 5 caliber level of football. And I think that's uh, pretty fun to see regardless of the division.
1: Yeah. Jeff Colhane's with us, the voice of the Bison. They play Sam Houston State this weekend. And some pretty good TV exposure, right? This is going to be on on the big channel of ESPN.
3: It is, and I think that was, you know, when the spring season began, a lot of fans were hoping that ESPN would take more of an interest in it. And they just, they really didn't. um, I think they, you know, they connected with some games during the regular season with some of the HBCUs. Obviously, Deion Sanders as the head coach at Jackson State created a buzz and some talking points around the division. And I know a number of his games were on ESPNU and and the ESPN uh, channels, family of networks throughout the spring as well. But, yeah, Sunday is, is going to be a fun day. If you're looking for some college football on Sunday while you're hanging out, There will be three games that will be on the the ESPN uh, platforms on TV. One will be on ESPN 3, but North Dakota State and Sam Houston will be at 2 p.m. Sunday afternoon on the main ESPN channel. Uh, You'll then have two games after that uh, on ESPN 2, with James Madison playing UND at 5, and then South Dakota State and Southern Illinois playing at 8. So three games and essentially – Nine consecutive hours of college football on Sunday if you're uh, you're Jones in for some football after Husker baseball Sunday afternoon.
1: Very good. That sounds great. Again, Jeff Colhane with us here on Sports Island. The NFL draft is two days away, and one guy that the bison sure wish I think was on the team this spring, but he's not. He's gonna be a top a high pick in the draft is quarterback Trey Lance. Give me a give me a thumbnail sketch on, on what Trey Lance is like as a quarterback and and where, do you have a do you have a hunch where he lands in this thing?
3: Well, I think physically he checks all the boxes, Greg. I mean, the NFL at the quarterback position, you're starting to see that trend towards the player that can help you extend the play not necessarily run the football, but but as we saw Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, you know even in a, a losing effort, he gave his team a chance with how he eluded the Tampa Bay pass rush. I mean, they made life very difficult on him, certainly. But if you don't have a guy like Mahomes, you got no chance the way Tampa played defensively in that game. And so Trey Lance, he, he plays the quarterback position almost with a defensive player's mentality. And what I mean by that is he's very he's an attacking presence on the field. Whether that is in the passing game, whether that's extending the play, you know, whether there's a, an opportunity for him to make a play with his legs when things break down, he's always on the attack. And it's, he's not a reckless player by any means. He's very intellectual. He's very smart. He prepares as well and as hard as anyone uh, that I've been around. And he's been around guys that are in the NFL. Carson Wentz, obviously, Easton Stick Uh, They were roommates Easton senior year and Trey's true freshman season back in 2018, and you got a lot of you know self-teaching within that quarterback room passing on, hey, this is how you're supposed to do it. This is the the way that's led us to success, and that's obviously been uh, something that NDSU can hang their hat on with the quarterbacks over the last five or six years or so. So uh, I think he's a tremendous player. I think obviously you want to see him – be a guy with more experience, and then people are going to use the FCS level against him as far as, you know, the the caliber of competition, etc. Greg, if you take the, the C and you exchange it with the B, even at the group of five level, if Trey Lance plays at BYU or plays at Boise State, he's quarterback two in this draft, in my opinion. That's what people would be saying about him. I think he's that good of a player.
1: Oh, great. Well, we'll look forward to see where, what the pecking order is for those quarterbacks at the top part of this draft. What about your Vikings? When, at your team, where, where do they need to go? What, what, I'm going to make you the GM. Who are you picking?
3: Well, if, if it's me, I'm going offensive line. It's an area they've refused to hone in on for whatever reason because Kirk Cousins is a guy that can't move. He's not a mobile guy. And so I, I don't really understand that. I think they should go whether it's a tackle or interior offensive lineman with their first pick at fourteen. I think they definitely need to do that. They should go defensive end and bring a rush presence at some point in the draft. And they should get a quarterback too. Not I mean not in the first round, but they definitely should look at, you know, some of these other guys that are around late. If it's a Kellen Mond in the third round or, you know, I don't know if Kyle Trask from Florida is going to be around or not, but they should look at backup quarterback uh, for the future to a certain degree if, if uh, they, they need to find a guy to uh, help push Kirk Cousins a little bit. But offensive line, knowing them, though, Greg, he'll probably draft another quarterback, which would be like the eighth year in a row they've gone corner, and somehow they still don't have enough corners. So I have no idea what they're going to do, but <laughs> I'm sure I'll be thoroughly disappointed like I always am.
1: Oh, I can't wait. Love draft night, particularly the first round. It's so much fun. Jeff, great to catch up with you. Have a great call Saturday down in the heart of Texas, and we'll be in touch down the road.
3: Hey, always good, my friend. And going to be a lot of fans at Haymarket this weekend, right? Spring game. It's going to be a heck of a day in Lincoln this weekend. Heck of a weekend.
1: Can't wait. It's fantastic. Good weather and fans coming back. Love it.
3: Absolutely. Thanks, Greg.